Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. It's getting dark a lot earlier these days, isn't it? Uh, we're heading towards the uh, shortest day of the year. I think it's uh, June the 22nd. And then after that, it starts getting a bit better be, as we head towards uh, out of winter, although it does go three months and maybe into spring. Uh, I don't like winter, but anyway, that's just me. All right. Um, on the uh, temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736, Lisa says, sorry, Peter, sent message uh, about Buddy Franklin without putting a name to it. I'm disappointed that Eagles didn't pick up Bryn Teekle. I think they could do with a Ruckman after Nick Nat retires. Good on you, Lisa. Uh, thanks for that. And continue listening to the Drive program with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. Kim Hagdorn's in tomorrow night. I'm going to actually throw it to Hags because Hags did go as the prediction on Monday suggesting that Nat Fife would play for the Fremantle Dockers in the game against the Brisbane Lions at the weekend and even uh, suggested the position that he could play. But anyway, uh, we'll... Uh, have a chat to Hags about it tomorrow night when he joins us on AFL Footy Teams Night. Well, let's have a look at Daniel Ricciardo and where he's at at the moment with Le- Le- McLaren. Uh, Michael Laminato is uh, a Formula One and motorsport rider come expert, and he's uh, taken the time to join us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos here on SENWA. Michael, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. We just had the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, it's one that you find hard to watch because you can't overtake. Let me tell you, the one of the most breathtaking aspects of Monaco is the scenery, let me tell you. Michael, how do you see that Grand Prix? Yeah, I mean, the yachts are spectacular, aren't they? It looks like everyone's having a great time on them. Not that I can ever say I've ever been on one. or likely will ever be on one. But it is quite the spectacle for a race. And that's, that is the magic of it. I mean, Monaco really happens on Saturday in qualifying when everyone's going flat out getting as close to the walls as they can get. Some of them a little bit too close, of course, and causing problems. But then on Sunday, yes, there's very little overtaking to be had. But there's no place like it on the Formula One calendar. And so hopefully it sticks around. It is out of contract, but hopefully it will continue to beat up thread through the history of Formula One. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And actually, over the years, Daniel Ricciardo hasn't done too bad there, has he? Even though, as we're about to talk about him, and he's, he's got some challenging times ahead. But I think over the years, he's been okay there. Yeah, I think, and look, my calculations are not always exactly right, but I'm pretty sure this is his highest scoring circuit, at least it was before he arrived at McLaren. Mm. He has always done very well there. Of course, he picked up one win, should have had another in 2016, but for a couple of strategy mistakes on his team's part, but he was far and away the best performer on that weekend. He does typically go well at street circuits as well. He loves the jeopardy of being right up against the walls there and of course, and I, I don't. I know this is where we're going, but in years gone by, certainly when he was just at the peak of his confidence. I don't want to say ability because I think it's still there, but when he was really at the peak of his confidence, that's what these tracks really want. They want a driver that's confident in the car, and there was 
almost no one better watching, certainly in his era, in this generation, watching circulate at a place mm. like Monaco. Michael, let's talk a bit about Daniel. Uh, we love him dearly. He's from uh, our hood over here in Western Australia. He's got a huge uh, allegiance of fans. He's still got old uh, schoolmates that he hangs out with when the season is over. He comes back to Perth, hangs out with his high school mates. They go down south and they just basically do what they did as high school uh, mates. But in the professional bubble that is Formula One racing, it appears everything is not 100% regarding Daniel and his McLaren brand. Where are the negotiations at the moment? How do you think it will play out come the end of the season? Well, this is an interesting question because he's in his second of a three-year deal. He's not even really out of contract this season. And so while there's been a lot of pressure on him this year, particularly in the last three weeks, let's say, when he had a bit of an off race in Miami and then a properly bad one in Spain, and then Monaco was a bit disappearing as well. But a couple of weeks ago, this pressure really started to ramp up and all of a sudden there was this implication from the team boss, Zach Brown, that actually... They're talking about exit clauses in the contract. And even Daniel himself, which I thought was, was strange, he put it down to just sort of being asked a question immediately after getting out of the car and not really having his head in the right place, suggested that they were going to be talking about his contract this year. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago that he said that. And all of a sudden, it seems like nothing is as certain as it should be, considering that he's under contract. And of course, the results are sort of speaking for themselves this year. He's only got a quarter of the points of, of his teammate, Lando Norris, who's really been good and consistent as we got used to last year. I think he's really arrived as a driver now, Lando Norris. And that's sort of really the hope that we had for him this year, Daniel Ricciardo. Last year, we knew it was a difficult year with the car. We assumed that this year with new regulations, a brand new car, we might see him back to his best. Hasn't really arrived there. And suddenly now you're wondering, well, if it's not going to arrive this year, what's happening? Why can't it happen? And what's that future mean? So there is this degree of uncertainty that's crept into the whole thing. Yeah, but he's got some supporters, hasn't he? I think Jensen Button's come out and he was absolutely flabbergasted by Zach Brown's public criticism of Daniel Ricciardo, saying really teams should protect their drivers. And Because he did come out, as you mentioned, saying that Ricciardo's not met expectations. And, and the Aussie agrees. You know, Daniel Ricciardo agrees. I like his line where he says uh, uh, an answer to his criticism, my skin is tanned, beautiful, and also <laughs> thick. That a very, very good answer. Well, he knows he's still got those strengths as well, which is good at least. So things are going well on, on the skin front for him. But it's right. Jensen raises a good point. It was surprising to hear Zach Brown speak like that. And sometimes team principals from time to time, it happens anywhere in any sport, Sometimes they revert to maybe a little bit of tough love. You know, if the regular defensive strategy, let's say, isn't working, they might try a different different attitude. So the, the did-meet expectations thing, it was unusual, but I could write it down to that. It's when he started talking about contract, Zach Brown, that, that, that sort of was a bit of a surprise to me. Now, Daniel's given the impression that it's absolutely rolled off uh, rolled off his back. And as you mentioned there, look, he was willing to, to cop it. And he, and he agreed, you know, he hasn't met expectations on either side at the end of the day. He wanted more from this contract so far. And McLaren wanted more from him. So things still to work through. But on the other hand, the reason I think we've got, still got reason to be optimistic is that up until we got to Spain, which was the round before Monaco, his season hadn't really been that bad. It hadn't been by any stretch of the imagination him at his very best. But he'd been on the pace with Lando Norris. I think we need to stop pretending that Lando Norris is still like a young driver who's up and coming. Lando is one of the best out there. So we shouldn't be surprised that Daniel Ricciardo should be competing 
just to be as quick as him. It's only been in the last couple of weeks that he's sort of fallen off the horse again with some familiar problems. So I think there's reason to still think we can be optimistic. We get back to some circuits that suit him a little better and suit the car a little better, and we can see him rebound. Yeah. Are we getting carried away by the next generation of Formula One drivers uh, head, headed by Max Verstappen, who's 24. Of course, Charles Leclerc is also 24. But then you look at Lewis Hamilton, who's, I think, older than uh, Daniel. He's about 37. Daniel's 32. Is there an age situation with Formula One drivers where you think your best is behind you? Uh, or are we getting blindsided by the success of the likes of Verstappen? Yeah, it's a really good question because once upon a time, drivers didn't start nearly as young as, well, Max in particular was 18 years old, which was, I mean, record-breakingly young. Uh, You'd start much later, and traditionally the peak of a Formula One driver would be around Daniel's age, around about 30 years old, more or less. Everyone's a little bit different, and then some can really progress. I mean, Lewis Hamilton is more or less as good as ever, you'd have to say. He's got a bit of a dodgy car this year, so it's hard to say for sure. But even Fernando Alonso, who's 40 or 41 this year, in fact, He's driving probably as good as he ever has. So some can last quite a long time. What's sort of bringing that back a little bit is if we take Max Verstappen as example, again, 18 years old when he started in Formula One, I can't imagine him racing till he's 40. It's a very long time to be racing in motorsport. And suddenly that's going to change the way we perceive when drivers are actually at their best. Because if you're only racing till you're around 30 years old, theoretically you might be retiring at your peak, Mm. but maybe your peak actually came a little bit earlier. So It is a little bit of, there's a phrase in motorsport, if you're young enough, you're quick enough. And I think that just applies across the board now. Since we can start so young and race so old, if you're a racing driver, it's just a matter of doing the business on the track at this point. And you've got to say that the field we've got at the moment in Formula One is pretty deep. Very few drivers don't belong there. So as long as they're doing the business, then then they belong there. Michael, it's been terrific chatting to you. As I'll let you go, Sergio Perez, uh, who is, I think, Daniel's age, about 32, has been announced he'll race alongside Max Verstappen at Red Bull until the end of 2024. That's been confirmed by the team. It wasn't a surprise because it had been rumoured. What sort of combination will they form? Yeah, not only rumoured, he said it on a hot mic as well after the Monaco Grand Prix, so he leaked his own contract. It's a great combination. He's got him for two years. He's a real team player, which is what Red Bull really want. They want someone to support Max Verstappen. But on the other hand, this year, we've only been seven races in, he's been really quick. In fact, had luck gone a little bit differently at one or two races this year, he could have been leading this championship just on the basis of that hypothetical. So he's really having probably his career best season. That car is looking very quick. The team feels like it's getting its mojo back after a bit of a slow start to the year. They have the potential to be underratedly powerful as a combination. So I think it's a great signing for Red Bull and great for Perez, such a popular driver. And it's good to see him blossoming late in his career. Good on you, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Of course, a Formula One, a motorsport rider and expert. Follow Michael Laminato. He's the man that knows uh, Formula One racing. Thanks for spending some time with us here on the Drive program on SENWA, mate. Thank you, mate. Anytime. Good on you. Uh, there you go, bringing you up to date with Daniel Ricciardo and also what's happening in Formula One. We're going to speak to Chris Warren. Uh, he is the son of Ray Warren, who decided today to walk away from the rugby league microphone at the age of 78. Just an absolute institution. The voice of rugby league will speak to his son, how the family greeted that uh, decision and how long it's been possibly in the pipeline for Ray Warren. That's coming up next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre.